Rams Podcast, JFM, JFMB, Ube Allen Podcast, week number 13. We lost to the Seattle Seahawks, 27 to 23. Doesn't matter, we lost. But overall, you know, I'm not mad at this game. It's um, It was actually a really great effort by both sides, by our preseason squad. <laughs> uh, besides Jalen Ramsey and a few starters but it was a very commendable admirable respectable effort in a time where a season has nothing we have nothing to play for except uh, I guess contracts wise but it was really um, I liked it it was very <laughs> very nostalgic sadly like I recognize how I recognize week 13 a lot or how the Rams played in this game just because it reminds me of the not necessarily good old days well yeah it could be the good old days where you know it was all about the promise of the future you know when you had a few guys and you had some draft picks and young guys to look forward to and it seemed like the only road is the only road ahead is forward is am i saying that right but we're everything we're, we're you know hope is all about being hopeful and this performance or yesterday's game kind of really reminded me of that era of rams football and, and <laughs> of course until you know we realized that you know jeff fisher couldn't hit 500 couldn't make the playoffs or that you know austin davis couldn't throw far further than 40 yards you know it's just <laughs> you know you it's a fun era you know you know sorry i keep saying you know but you know <laughs> a time when you know the <laughs> a time when the playoffs were a thing that you dreamed of you know is the thing that you dreamed of and this time you know in the Sean McVay era we kind of forgot what that felt like and last yesterday's game kind of reminded me of those days and reminded me to stay humble and you know I have a lot of things to say about some people (laughs) that are kind of um crucial for next year assuming that we're back assuming that we had fixed our fixed our rosters and everybody's like healthy so we're gonna go over that you know i have stuff to say about bobby wagner who is our big pickup this off season <laughs> and then tutu atwell uh brandon powell michael hoyt is that his name hoyt number 97 um and that's it and then on the other side you know we're not a hater podcast we're not all about shitting on people i I got some stuff to say about geno smith and seahawks you know they play really well and they're up there for maybe winning the nfc west and speaking of the nfc west since it's relevant we got to talk about um jimmy g's injury and my thoughts on that because honestly yeah i'll save it for later but yeah let's get to it um stuff from the game bobby wagner he's been all right you know we haven't really got to 
we haven't it's not fair to really judge him on this season where you know he's getting used to a new system and it's a totally new system new players in a new situation so it's not really fair to really judge him uh, and especially now with the season kind of like not even worth it but this game really kind of makes you hopeful I, i'm not aware with bobby wagner's contract hold on let me see let me google it but assuming that he's here for a while is he oh my god he signed a five-year contract <laughs> oh four years guaranteed okay he's 32 holy sheesh he's with it he's with us for a little bit but yeah it's very hopeful if he could perform like that every week because he yesterday was probably the best game i've seen bobby wagner play wearing that blue the royal blue and soul soul yellow he i don't know you know it is true that it you know it's your former team and you want to show out stuff you want to you kind of recognize them and you want to have a good game but damn dude like he really <laughs> he was re he really did not want to lose this game it's almost like his life depended on it and you know it's it's true that you know every sunday we want the highest effort from everybody even if it's like not really worth it ish kind of <laughs> you know like but bobby wagner isn't playing for a spot he's not playing for a respect or anything he's he's already respected already on a hall of fame trajectory i'm pretty sure he's already there but like and he won a championship too i believe right like he's fine so he had nothing to prove but i guess this this was definitely marked in his calendar but damn dude he was he was he was very vintage very young younger version of bobby wagner just making some big time plays blowing up plays in the backfield like he he was like a missile a, a rocket or a missile with locked on to his target he was just everywhere literally everywhere he had two sacks on Gino and then he had like this crazy interception where he sniffed out could have been a pick six if he had if Gino had held on for like a half second or like a millisecond longer and maybe if Bobby had read it just a little bit quicker but damn he almost had a pick six but it he ended up intercepting it anyways because he like literally ripped the ball away from the uh, running back on a flat play <laughs> and I was, I was I was so hyped like can you imagine that like even with the season done week 13 and i'm watching like a replay of the game <laughs> i saw it and i was just super that was awesome that was really sick i'll take that with me as a <laughs> in a memory bank but you know there will be years from now or several years from now in the future and it's sunday and i'm sitting down with my you know my kids all 10 of them we're all huddled up on sunday watching the rams game probably living in like fucking <laughs> south dakota or some shit <laughs> or fucking st louis or somewhere in cleveland we only <laughs> transplants from the bay but wherever we are you know years from now like but like years several years down i'm gonna be watching sunday football rams as always wearing my uh jared goff jersey <laughs> and you know i'm gonna tell my kids i'm gonna be like hey kids 
Remember, you know, back in the day, did you know that Bobby Wagner played for us? Played for the Rams, and they'll be like, my kids would respond like, oh my god, Bobby Wagner? The Seattle Seahawks Hall of Famer played for the Los Angeles Rams? And I would be like, yeah, that Bobby Wagner. I'll never forget that one play, that one game against the Seattle Seahawks in 2022. And then my kids will be like, will blurt out. They'll be like, holy shit. Oh, no, no, no I'm not going to curse. I'll probably spank them for that. But I'll be like, wait, the 2022 NFL season? That season where everybody died on the Rams roster? And I would be like, yeah, that season where nothing mattered at week 13. But still, Bobby Wagner is fucking incredible. He had two sacks and he had an interception where he ripped the ball away from where he from a receiver on a flat route could add a pick six but still he was fucking incredible incredible and you kids have to know about this game and yeah i mean i don't want bobby wagner's legacy as a ram to be known as you know just wasting his career on a rival team i want him to have those postseason moments and i you know this this game really shows that he still has it you know i know his iq will still be there he's still young he's 32 we're still young shit but you know i just hope you know we could give him another ring with us but again this performance was really eye-opening and really fucking awesome i mean he was yelling (laughs) picture this week 13 we're like three and eight or week three and nine or whatever i don't know how many losses we have but Three and nine, season's over, and this dude, Bobby Wagner, is on the sidelines, like, hyping up the defense, yelling at him, like, AD in the fucking NFC Championship, and I, that was so dope. Like, I laughed at it, found it kind of funny, but at the end of the day, that is, that's what we want, and it's really kind of something that we have to write down, you know, on our fucking notepad for next season. Another thing that we got to write down is Tutu Atwell, you know, another week of Tutu Atwell. No excuses for Sean McVay to ignore the guy. He is here, and he's not hurt. So Sean McVay has to play, man. And it's another, this was a great week of Tutu Atwell. You know, he had the touchdown in the Saints game. He had, what are you doing the Chiefs <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, you know, two short catches, but they're very, um, very interesting plays where, like, he showed his versatility as he could be, like, a short wide, well, he is a short wide receiver, but, you know, like, a first down type guy that we could rely on, and that was kind of the, the, uh, breakthrough last week. This week, we saw more of Tutu Atwell, and we saw what he could really, really be for us, and, I saw a lot. Number one is the return of the jet sweep. Shout out to uh, Bobby Trees. Robert Woods, he's playing in Tennessee right now. But the jet sweep is back, back, baby, you know. (laughs) You know, the pre-snap motions was, pre-snap motion was in full effect with uh, Brandon Powell, our other returner. But he's now, he's not really making his home as a receiver this year. Tutu Atwell also shared the jet sweep duties and he, both of them ran it to perfection and it helped the run game so much like they're you know no matter what 
<laughs> if you could get like a fast guy in against the defense in open field and they're confused, they're shaky, they're frozen, they're going to eat. And that's what Brandon Powell and Tutu Atwell did. Like, I don't remember how many jet sweeps we ran, but there's a lot of fake jet sweeps that caught the defense off guard and it allowed Cam Akers to break out some big runs. And it was just nice to see it. You know, it's just, that's the old school, like 2018 Sean McVay-ish offense. And it's just, yeah, it's just nice to see Tutu Atwell's potential in the system. And, yeah, it was nice to see the Jets sweep. And I was I was kind of getting on Sean McVay as, if, as I do every week. But, like, sometimes with the Jets sweep, defenses can kind of jump the count because, you know, they're obviously going to snap it when the wide receiver is right next to the quarterback. And, you know, they only faked it once. Sean McVay faked it once where he didn't snap it with Tutu like running at full speed across you know the formation but you know just something to keep in mind but it worked out so that that's one part other parts Tutu Atwell had a fucking one-handed leaping Randy Moss-esque catching like down down the field in the middle of the field and that was number two hype play or yeah number two hype play next to Bobby Wagner's interception fucking incredible like that's the one thing about Tutu that that really caught my eye when we drafted him (laughs) other than the fact that we drafted him so high but yeah he's fast yeah he's you know he's kind of small but the dude plays big like he makes big time catches that big bigger wide receivers do you know and Tavon Austin you know kind of it's he kind of reminds me of (laughs) Tutu and shout out to Tavon Austin. I, I love him forever. And but Tavon Austin wasn't able to make grabs like Tutu is doing, like these one-handed grabs, these big plays down the field, like these big catches down the field where you have to reach out for it. And that's significant, you know. We need deep down threat, deep <laughs> deep ball threats. There you go. For Matthew Stafford and when Matthew Stafford comes back next year we'll have a healthy 2-2 hopefully and we'll see plays like that and you know 2-2 had two other catches that should have been catches one of them was a big play as a corner out good pass by John Wolford but 2-2 forgot to drag his left foot and it would have been a touchdown that's kind of something that you have to learn as a wide receiver something that you know I kind of, I miss Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup, unbelievable how he was, he's able to just drag his foot out of nowhere. But that's something he had to do as a wide receiver. So Tutu has to work on that. Because he would have had a touchdown and an amazing grab, get, put a uh, touchdown on his stat sheet. Then he had another uh, potential touchdown wasted this time was because John Wilford can't throw the ball deep at all he severely underthrew a tutu atwell who had a good five yards or three yards of separation on his guy again like he's been doing this he did that in dallas for his first catch did it against the saints and now he did it in seattle or against seattle and john wolford fucking missed him but if it, if it was stafford another touchdown so think about that you know 
it's not going to be on a stat sheet, but you listen to the Rams podcast and you can hear about these things. And, you know, hopefully Tutu Atwell can, uh, if he's ever bored out of his mind and searches his name on the podcast universe, he'll find his podcast. So shout out to Tutu Atwell. Uh, I'm looking forward to you, man. Other things, uh, other side, you know, I said, I talk shit about the Seahawks before the season. <laughs> And, I, you know, we, we don't get it right all the time. And I, was, I just want to apologize to uh, Seattle for being absolutely wrong. You know, they, they have a good team this year. They're very um, competitive. Uh, I don't think they're up there with the Niners. And we'll talk about the Niners in a second. But, you know, they're competitive. And, I, you know, I thought they were going to shit the bed. And that's my fault. Because at the head of that team is Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is somebody that, you know, I root for just because, you know, he he, <laughs> he had a weird, he had a connection, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers connection with old, old Rams players that I loved, uh, Stedman Bailey and Tavon Austin, those guys back then in the St. Louis days. And they both went to college with uh, Geno Smith. So I've always kind of rooted for Geno. And, you know, last year, Gino came in the game. We kind of uh, <laughs> we kind of brought him back in. We kind of revitalized his career. Kind of, we we do this, you know. Side note, we did it with um, uh, Colin Kaepernick back then. Alex Smith got injured by Dunbar from the St. Louis Rams. And then that brought Colin, Colin Kaepernick to the forefront or to the head starting QB position and then AD Aaron Donald injured Russell was what Russell Wilson I almost, almost said Westbrook Russell will it's so hard to say Russell Wilson he uh injured Russell Russ last year and that brought in Geno Smith for that game and Geno almost fucking beat us he had like this crazy drive that that had me yelling to to fire Raheem Morris <laughs> last year. And turns out turns out it wasn't like a fluke at all. He's actually really good. So it's good to see him killing it. He's really good as a quarterback, you know. He's really poised in the pocket, but he's making great decisions, great throws down the field. And I'm I'm just happy for him. So shout out to Gino, wish him the best. <laughs> and his competitor, uh is uh, the Niners, of course, who they're fighting for the NFC West. And the Niners are doing exactly what I've thought they've been, would have done, considering that there wasn't super, like, a lot of changes to that team. Excuse me. Uh, had to pause the podcast, but I'm back. Yeah, uh, the Niners, yeah, they're really, really good, or I expected them to be great, as they should, and they're kind of, um, kind of, making uh what is it they're they're finally in a groove <laughs> pretty much and they're on this big winning streak or something like that but turns out that uh the bad unfortunate news was that jimmy garoppolo my favorite niners player of all time besides isaac bruce got injured and it's another season season and season ending injury for jimmy g and that really sucks. I really had high expectations for the Niners in the postseason, as they always do. Like me, of course, as a Rams fan, 
always sees like the Niners at their 100% potential or performing at a, at the highest level they could play at every fucking year besides the NFC Championships fourth quarter. You know, I see I've seen what how good this team could be. And I seriously thought that they could make a run towards the title this year. And now they lost their starting quarterback, Jimmy G. They don't have Trey Lance. And now it's like Brock Purdy, which is a fucking awesome name. But I don't know Brock Purdy. And he actually ended up winning the game against the Dolphins, which is kind of lost in the sauce. But I'll say this about the Niners. The Niners aren't don't have to, don't need stellar quarterback play to win games. They're just so good defensively. They their whole mantra or their whole uh idea of the Niners from everything I've seen from the years of fucking losing to them besides the NFC championship is that they run at you, they control the clock, they play physical and defense, they're gonna they're gonna force you to make bad plays. They're gonna they're basically gonna bleed you to death. And it's gonna be a slow death. <laughs> and if you can't hang with them, or if you can't put up points against that defense, you're you're fucked. Like if they could keep it within range, you're fucked. Like, trust me. <laughs> How we won the NFC championship that year, don't ask me. It was some voodoo shit. It was some stellar defensive plays and some all-time plays that needed to be done that a lot of teams can't replicate. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just being honest. But I still have high hopes for the Niners. Um, all Brock Purdy has to do is just be a quarterback that could just... You don't have to be a stellar quarterback to make it. I know Kyle Shanahan is a very QB-friendly coach. As long as they're blocking for him, and as long as he could fucking throw the ball down the field, which he was drafted for, he's I think he's a mystery relevant. He still got drafted as in the NFL, so he can make these throws. But they can still make a run. Really unfortunate, but hey, not my team. <laughs> but anyways, you know we're all injured, dude. Fuck. <laughs> And I've always, you know, lastly, I've always said that it's like a two-quarterback league where just because you're, you're, well, it's not a two-quarterback league. It's a, it's, it's a depth, it's a depth chart league <laughs> where it's next man up. Like if if your season ends because your top guy got hurt and your replacement sucks, that's your fault as an organization. Now, for the Niners, it's kind of unfortunate because that's two of their quarterbacks, and this is their third string. But, hey, you have to get depth there, too. And uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, I'll leave this this podcast saying that I'm not confident in our number two guy at all. I don't like John. I think John Wolford is, like, a third-string quarterback. I think Bryce Perkins, even though it's unfair, the sample that we have from him, still, I don't think he's a, we, he's not a capable backup that could like lead us to championship if Stafford gets hurt and Stafford has some spinal contusion I don't know if that's how serious that is it sounds serious Sean McVay says it's all right that said Rams podcast will be back here on Thursday night dude I'll be here (laughs) Thursday night watching the game I don't even know who who we're playing but we're probably gonna lose anyways but 
Shout out to Detroit. Peace.